Welcome to Legends from the Fireside. Standing upon the shoulders of giants in this genre, Legends from the Fireside is a hybrid storytelling RPG podcast set within worlds of sword and sorcery. In our tales, the dice tell the fates of those worlds, for good or for ill. No character is sacred. Survival is not guaranteed. As storyteller and game master, I craft the narrative from these dice rules and create quests from this chaos, all without knowing what could happen next. Listener discretion is advised, as we may explore dark corners of this genre. But, come now, for adventure awaits, listen in to the legends from the fireside. Welcome back to Legends from the Fireside. In the previous episodes, the party returned to Oak Hollow with the gathered iron bloom and learn of the horrors that had befallen the town. Darleo explains to Belgin that Talagor, the master of fear, had arrived with his bandit gang in order to extort the people for all of their money. Though the people of Oak Hollow have had their morale broken by the bandit leader and his ilk, the people celebrate a victory, as the party's delivered ingredient was able to complete a curative potion that woke those suffering from the sleeping sickness. As if to answer the call of good being done in Oak Hollow, the bandits returned with Talagor to sow more chaos in Oak Hollow. In the early hours of morning, the party fought off a few bandits that had invaded the Smoke and Sap Inn and Tavern where they were staying, and they walked out to the street to see a burning and devastated Oak Hollow. Talagor's men rode off with kidnapped townsfolk, but not before Talagor gave a speech to the terrorized people, claiming that he would sell off the kidnapped people to slavers if they would not provide more money as ransom. The party, after Talagor and his minions had left town, joined in the effort to put out the fires before Okala burned to the ground. The party, hailed as heroes of Okala for their deed with retrieving Ironbloom, vowed to bring Talagor to justice and save the kidnapped people, or die trying. Now, before the party march off to fight off dozens of bandits, I think it's a good time to introduce a new character to the party. My reasoning for this is that the party have certainly earned themselves a reputation as good people, looking to do good, and this would likely attract like-minded characters. In the same sense, the town being raided likely spurned some people to seek out their own vengeance. So to begin, let's roll up some stats. As per usual, I'll be rolling 3d6 straight down the line, and I'll figure out what makes sense when I'm done. First, strength. I got... Oh, 18. Wow. This must be a sign. An 18 means the character has a plus 3 to hit, and plus 3 to damage with melee attacks. 
They can also open doors on a 1 through 5 on a d6 roll. It'd be a shame if I wasted this. Con. I got a 10. It's not great, but there's no penalties, so I suppose this character would make for a warrior still. Dexterity, 12. No bonus, no penalty. Now, intelligence. Not really important to a warrior, but let's see what we get in here. I got a 9. Still no penalties, and it's not terrible. Wisdom. I got a 12. No bonuses, but a wisdom of 12. They do rival Teriad's wisdom at this point. Charisma. I got 11. Not bad. A likable character, but not too charming. So, what do we do with these numbers? I could stick with a fighter, though having two fighters in the party might be a bit stale. Let's pick something a little bit more flavorful. Since I'm using the old school essentials rules and the advanced fantasy rules on top of that, I do have some interesting options. A barbarian seems like a decent fit for this party, even if the character has some overlap with Thanel and even the late Finn. Barbarians, for those who don't know, have some interesting quirks. In old school games, they typically have a distrust of magic, foraging skills, and even some hiding and silent movement abilities to allow for a neat sneaky vibe that we don't yet have in our party. While a barbarian usually evokes the imagery of a fur-wearing, axe-wielding, illiterate warrior, many barbarians of Delagrad and Ontora as a whole are the free peoples of Ontora. So, Let's crack a little bit into the world building and some of the lore of this campaign setting. To begin, the island of Ontora is a large one. The history of this place is one of strife and conflict. For reasons unknown to our adventurers and many of this land, conflict often arises like weeds growing in a fertile soil. Whenever a group of people begin to do well and prosper, we see greed and malice taint the hearts of those in charge. Of these conflicts, the most important involve the fall of the Elves of Ontora, known as the Ain Tendelel. As we saw much bloodshed within their awful civil war, as well as the dissolution of the pilgrims who arrived in the land after the fall of these Elves. These pilgrims, seeking a new home to worship their gods freely, prospered in the fruitful lands of Ontora creating a budding empire in only a couple centuries. Their empire was one of piety and virtue. Their people were strong and stoic, and their future was bright. Unfortunately, this prosperity spurned many of the warring clans, orcs, giants, and far worse creatures in order to seek them out and take what they had created. Though they had fought hard for many decades, the relentless avarice of these clans was too much, and the leadership became weak and ineffective. The pilgrims saw their destruction on the horizon, and thus stuck true to their beliefs and their kin, and the pilgrims' budding empire dissolved into smaller and more segmented clans. After centuries of roving, fighting among themselves over petty cultural disputes, these clans became close to what we know them as today. As the new kingdom of Gain came to claim the lands of Ontora from those pilgrims and the Antandalel, 
the roving pilgrims came to be known as the Free People. While this name may seem like a positive one, it bears with it the derogatory implication that their being free was a lawless and uncivilized kind of freedom. Though they were not enemies of the Kingdom of Game, they were often not trusted for their odd cultural practices. The free people cling to a sense of pride in their role to the community, most of their skills and practices directly benefiting their collective. They are illiterate, turning away from the written word due to its association with magics of the elves and the nature of the written word to have ambiguities and hidden meanings. Instead, the free people memorize tales of their history and training of their youth to uphold their virtues of honesty, bravery, and dedication. Of these free people is our newest character, Kellum the Tanner, as he was known to his people, but to the outside world, he is Kellum of Clan Goldmane. Dramatis Personae Kellum of Clan Goldmane The tall, lanky, and broad-shouldered man was a little more than a teenager. His long, blonde hair was wavy, his eyes were a bright emerald green, and his square-set jaw set the tone of a stoic youth who had already learned many harsh truths in life. He pulled his hood over his head as he stepped out of the tavern and into the muddy streets of this village. He looked up to the cloudy skies above and felt the first cold raindrop splatter upon his cheek. He shouldered his bag and heard the twinkle of the last two silver pieces he had managed to scrounge up in his coin pouch before walking to the village's outskirts. Though people running in and out of the rain seemed to be more concerned with the weather than this gaunt stranger, Kellum felt the odd looks he'd received. As much as they noticed his strange appearance, he noticed the odd ways of the so-called civilized lands. While he wanted to embrace his sense of superiority over these people and their ways, he remembered a saying of his people. Though pride does much to fill one's chest, lacking in humility leaves one's heart empty. Suddenly, he felt the dagger-like stab to his heart. Home. He could feel the warm sun on his face, the wind playing with his hair, and the sound of children playing and singing. Though he smiled for a moment at this memory, he soon recalled the piercing visage of the elders as they stared down at him. The last evening he was considered a member of his traveling clan was one he would never forget. Burned into his mind, he was a prisoner of his guilt and his regret. And so we have decided, Kellum. You are no longer one to walk among the gold main. What you have done is not only dishonorable, but unforgivable at this time. Someday you may earn the forgiveness of your ancestors, but to continue as a member of our clan now would be insult to those who follow our ways without faltering. Go now and do not return. The rain fell harder now, and for a moment, Kellum felt one warm bead of moisture rolled down his cheek. He caught his moment of weakness, winced at the pain, and then carried on to the town of Oak Hollow. This town, he had heard, was in need of a new tanner, 
and this was the only job he knew he would earn him a means to survive. Chapter 11, Part 1 Day 18, Noon Party Status Morris, 10 out of 10 hit points Terriad, 11 out of 11 hit points Thanel, 9 out of 9 hit points Belgen, 4 out of 4 hit points Spells Prepared Terriad has prepared Cure, Cure Light Lightnings And Light. Light, 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 light. Belgen has prepared chromatic, chromatic ore. Ore. As the party met within the smoke and sap tavern, they had upon their faces the resigned look of those whose fate was unknown and likely doomed. Though they had gotten some rest, the previous evening did much to leave them exhausted today. As they gathered their belongings, they gave a solemn goodbye to those that were gathered in the tavern. As they trudged out to the charred town square, a man approached them wearing his own traveling garb. Though he might seem like a typical traveler, his broadsword on his hip and shield on his back led them to believe this was no typical traveler. I overheard you last night, stating you would find that man and slay him. I will join you on this quest. I'm going to roll for a reaction check on this one. Because even though Kellum won't likely won't take no as an answer to help them in their quest, the party know they need all the help they can get. I got a 10. Impressive. They are certainly moved by the simplicity of his request and his desire to help. Terry had stepped forward and said kindly, While we appreciate your desire to join us, I don't know that you understand how dangerous our foe is. Kellum stoically replied, As is the way of the free people, a threat to the community is a threat to each member. To hesitate when others fall is to accept their fate as your own. Each of the members of the party let the statement hang in the air for just a moment, though Kellum remained motionless, awaiting their response. Morris stepped forward and placed an arm on Kellum's shoulder. I admire your courage, though I doubt we will return from this quest. Consider yourself a friend of ours, and a companion. What's your name? I am Kellum. Kellum the Tanner. As the party head out of town in the same direction the bandits had gone, we will utilize Thanel's ability to track. Normally, she would have a 20% chance of success, though she gets a plus 10% bonus for soft grounds and a 2% bonus for each character being tracked. In this case, she's going to have a 70% chance to succeed. I rolled a 23, so Thanel is easily able to follow the horseman. you like your tabletop RPGs to be grim, gritty and grounded? If so, then Legend of the Bones is the podcast for you. A mix of old school solo D&D and dark fantasy storytelling. In Legend of the Bones, the dice rule. There are no re-rolls, no fudging the dice, no meta-currency. The roll of the bones will determine the character's destiny and no one will be spared their fate. None shall escape. 
the destiny of bone. Chapter 11, Part 2 Day 19 Nightfall Party Status Morris has 10 out of 10 hit points. Tariad has 11 out of 11 hit points. Thanel, 9 out of 9 hit points. Belgen, 4 out of 4 hit points. Kellum has 8 out of 8 hit points. Spells Prepared Tariad has prepared Cure, cure Light, cure, light, 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 light and light. Light, light, light. Belgen has prepared Chromatic, Chromatic Orb. After traveling the path laid by the bandits for many hours, the exhausted adventurers found themselves within the Moonwash Hills of Eastern Delagrad, nestled south of the Eldrock Mountains. Like driftwood climbing from the sandy dunes of a beach, a few lone structures stand decrepitly. Though the night has come and shadows have enveloped the land, a farmhouse and a windmill stand nearby, with an old church farther away on the horizon. The flickering glimmers of campfires assure the adventurers that they have located their quarry. Carrying on the wind with the sound of crickets chirping is the occasional laughter or conversation of the gathered bandits. The groaning of the windmill structure as it swayed with the breeze hinted at just how aged this place is. The party quickly put together the setup of this encampment, seeing the windmill and farmhouse as a lookout point of sorts, whereas the church appears to be the main layer of the bandits. I must investigate the windmill. If there are people guarding this location, they must be slain if we are to proceed, Kellum said flatly, with Thanel nodding in agreement. Without waiting for further approval, Kellum begins to silently skulk towards the crumbling structure. As he approaches, he listens in and hears the sounds of strange, hoarse voices. Knolls, if he is not mistaken. And he attempts to get even closer to see just how many of them there are in this outpost. Kellum has a 20% chance to move silently, but the Knolls are not truly invested in serving Telegor. So, I'm going to add another 30% chance. I have to score a 50 or below, and I got a 56. The two gnolls within the windmill were discussing their plans to escape this awful situation in the evening, as they were clearly not respected by this Talagor, and they were not being compensated for their role within his plans. As one bit into a dried piece of meat, he heard the sound of a snapping twig outside of the deteriorating wall of the windmill. For a breathless moment, the knoll waited. Soon, it reached for his battle axe and began a low growling snarl at the prospect of some excitement. Before combat begins, I'd like to lay out a few details. The windmill stands nearly 100 feet away from the farmhouse, while being nearly a quarter mile away from the church. The windmill, at its base, is 30 feet at its widest point, though in its dilapidated state it lacks a door and has many holes within the walls. A spiraling stairwell leads up to the second floor of the windmill, 
though the two knolls within are on the ground level. Kellum stands directly outside of the windmill, while the party stand 30 feet away in tall grasses nearby. While I would normally be rolling for a surprise, because Kellum failed on his moving silently check, and because the gnolls weren't exactly trying to be quiet, I think both groups are aware of each other. Round 1. Initiative. The gnolls got 3. The party got a 5. Hearing the gnolls roar in alarm, Terriad and Maris run up to the entrance of the windmill with their weapons drawn. Belgen and Thanel retrieve their ranged weapons, a sling and a short bow, respectively, and await a clear shot on the enemy. Kellum also pulls out his broadsword and readies himself for the oncoming foes. The gnolls, having heard this noise, rush to the front of the windmill with their weapons drawn and attack whomever they can find first. One swings in fiercely at Kellum, though it swings well to his left. The other hammers down on Maris's shield, knocking the wind out of him for six hit points, leaving him with four hit points left. Round two. Initiative. The party got four, and the gnolls got three. Thanel and Belgen fire in on the gnolls with their ranged weapons under the light of the moon. Thanel's arrow strikes critically into the heart of the knoll for ten points of damage, killing it instantly as it grasps for the shaft of the arrow. Belgen luckily scores a hit as well, with his stone painfully striking the knoll for a single point of damage. Kellum attempts to regain his footing after dodging the knoll's attack, but he trips over his own feet. Similarly, Morris and Terriad miss their foe as the knoll shuffles about. The remaining knoll swings at Morris again, hoping to kill him and improve its odds of surviving while this outnumbered, but its axe blade is easily deflected with a well-timed shield swing. I'll now roll for morale, as this knoll is terribly outnumbered and just saw his ally die. I need to roll an 8. I rolled a 10 on 2d6. So, it failed its morale, and probably will run away. Round 3. Initiative. The party got a 2, and the knoll got a 5. The knoll quickly ducks underneath the swings of its enemies, and sprints off to the hills. As the knoll begins to flee, Thanel and Belgen attempt to strike it with another ranged attack. Both manage to hit the knoll, but barely harm the creature at all. The melee fighters then rush up to catch up with the fleeing knoll, though Maris is the first to swing, killing the knoll with a brutal stab of his spear for four points of damage. As the knoll lets out a disheartening sigh, the party turn their sights to the farmhouse, where they now see the shadowy forms of people walking by the front window with a fire in the hearth, illuminating the raucous game of cards. Because of the battle that just took place, I'll say there's a 2 in 6 chance that the bandits heard the fighting. Let's see, I rolled a 5. The party is still undetected. The party regroup in the windmill and find a table and chairs, with a small meal of dried rations prepared upon the table. Morris stumbles in first, kneeling for a moment and catching his breath. Kellum approaches him and asks very plainly, Are you hurt, Morris? Morris shook his head slowly, 
and began to shake out his muscles, replying, I'll be okay. That last swing just came really close to taking my head from my shoulders. Terry had put his hand on Morris' shoulder and closed his eyes. Well, as we wander, may the path be protected. Morris began to grit his teeth and wince under the sharp pain for a moment before breathing a sigh of relief. Terry had heals Morris for six hit points, bringing him to a total of ten HP. Kellum noticeably stepped back a step and looked over this interaction curiously. Morris broke this moment up as he stood again and nodded toward the farmhouse. I think we can catch them flat-footed if we go now. Kellum nodded quickly, then turned and walked out of the windmill and skulked to the farmhouse window. Kellum will have a 40% chance to avoid being noticed by the gambling bandits. I got... a 40 exactly. Talk about luck. Kellum stood there by the door without saying a word, and waited a moment before gesturing for the party to join him. Kellum, through the window, counted everyone in the room, and saw eight total bandits within. As the party came to him, they quickly devised an attack strategy, whereby our melee characters would rush into this 20-foot by 60-foot house, while Thanel and Belgen prepared to shoot them through the open windows. As the party prepared to get the jump on these unsuspecting bandits, Belgen visibly winced as he looked over to Thanel, gave a knowing look, nodded a few moments, and grit his teeth before the oncoming onslaught. Similarly, but on a different side of the house, by the front door, Kellum and Terried gave each other a look as well. Although Kellum had a very determined look on his face for what was about to happen, the look of pain and sorrow upon Terried's face was all that Kellum needed to see. Even though this man followed and worshipped a god, a strange god to Kellum, he was truly a man of character and virtue. He was one to be respected. Thank you for listening to an episode of Legends from the Fireside. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review. Some of these reviews may be read at the end of episodes. You can also reach me at Legends from the Fireside on Twitter, or you can email me at legendsfromthefireside at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to the show, and be sure to come back soon to listen to more Legends from the Fireside.